Hi everyone, I'm Dave. And I'm Marvin. It's day 88, and this is God's Big Story. Season 2! It's a story. It's big! Never boring. No way! For his glory. Always! It's God's Big Story. So welcome back, boys and girls. I hope it is bright and sunny and lovely wherever and whenever you're listening. But we are halfway through our second week in 1 Corinthians. And, well, we've got two more weeks to go after this one. So, well, let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Nobody knows what he's gonna ask now. It's Marvin the Friendly Curious Cow. Okay, Marv, so I have to say I'm a little concerned after last week's Corinthing his hair joke. Well, that's got to be pretty close to the bottom of the barrel. And, you know, we've got two more Tuesdays to go in 1 Corinthians, never mind 2 Corinthians after the summer. Oh, come on, Dave. When has Benjamin ever let us down? Well, that's debatable. Oh, nonsense. Hit the button, Dave. Hey, it's Wednesday. Everything is okey-doke. Here comes Benjamin. And he's gonna tell us a joke. Oh, Hi, guys. Hey, Benjamin. Hi there, Benjamin. So yes, Benjamin, I, I wasn't sure you'd have enough Corinthian-based jokes to keep us going for the next few weeks. Oh, don't worry about that, Dave. I have enough jokes to keep going for years. Okay, well, fair enough, I guess. Over to you then, Benjamin. What have you got for us this week? Well, this week, Dave, I have written a limerick. Oh, I love limericks. So get ready to laugh, everyone. Here it comes. There was a young man from Corinth whose toots would make everyone wince. He'd ignored how it stunk, and he'd eaten a skunk and produced toxic gas ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Toxic gas ever since. Hmm. I'm not sure I approve of that kind of toilet humor, Benjamin. Oh, come on, Dave. Skunky toots are funny. That's like a universal rule of comedy. Yeah, he's right, Dave, it is. And I should know. Hmm, well, okay. Thanks, Benjamin, I guess. Yeah, thanks, Benjamin. You keep those coming. Bye, you guys. Hey, I'll see you all next week. All right. Well, Marvin, for us, let's get back to Corinthians. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Now, we've heard, as Paul has urged the Corinthians, to deal with sin that was in the church. They shouldn't just ignore it. And to deal with their disputes themselves. They shouldn't be taking each other to court. Okay, yeah. Yeah, with you so far, Dave. Well, Marvin, after that, there's quite a bit more about the sexual sins. In Corinth, there was a lot of smoochy-smoochy going on with people who shouldn't have been smoochy-smooching. So, Paul talks about that, and then in chapter 7, he talks about husbands and wives. But we're going to kind of skip by that section because, well, boys and girls, you're probably not getting married anytime soon. So, you don't really need to worry about that just yet. Oh, no, Dave. Nope. It's the bachelor life for me. Okay. (laughs) So, Marv, let me just read a couple of verses from the end of chapter 6. That is good advice for us all, whether we're about to get married or not. Oh, okay. So, yes, verse 19 to 20 of chapter 6 says this. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? The Spirit is in you, and you have received the Spirit from God. You do not belong to yourselves. Christ has paid the price for you, so use your bodies in a way that honors God. 
You see, Paul says to the Corinthians, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. God himself lives within your body. So then don't use that body for sin and evil of any kind. We should use our bodies to honor God. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Great. Okay, so today we're going to move right on to chapter 8. And here Paul is going to talk about food that has been sacrificed to false gods. Oh, that's kind of weird. Well, not really. You see, in Corinth, lots of people worshipped lots of different gods. And you might bring an animal to be sacrificed at one of the temples of these gods. And the priest of that temple, they would take the animal, they would kill it, keep some of it to be burned, but then they would give you back some of the meat for you and your family to eat. Eek. Oh, gosh, Dave, all this talk of killing animals is kind of giving me the heebie-jeebies. Sorry, Marv. But here was the problem for the Corinthian Christians. If someone offered them some of this food that came from an animal that had been sacrificed to a false god, well, was it okay for them to eat it, or was that a sin? Oh, I see. So, that's what Petra's going to read for us today in chapter 8. Okay, great. So, well, what are we listening for today, Dave? Well, Marv, today we'll hear, as Paul says, that food doesn't what? Oh, okay, so food doesn't what? Got it. Great. So, Petra, over to you. Hello, everyone. Today's passage is from 1 Corinthians 8, and we're reading to 13. Now, I want to deal with food sacrificed to statues of gods. We know that we all have knowledge, but knowledge makes people proud, while love builds them up. Those who think they know something still don't know as they should. But whoever loves God is known by God. So then, here is what I say about eating food sacrificed to statues of gods. We know that a god made by human hands is really nothing at all in the world. We know that there is only one god. There may be so-called gods either in heaven or on earth. In fact, there are many gods and many lords. But for us, there is only one god. He is the father. All things came from him and we live for him. And there is only one Lord, he is Jesus Christ. All things came because of him, and we live because of him. But not everyone knows this. Some people still think that statues of gods are real gods. They might eat food sacrificed to statues of gods. When they do, they think of it as food sacrificed to real gods. And because these people have a weak sense of what is right and wrong, they feel guilty. But food doesn't bring us close to God. We are no worse if we don't eat. We are no better if we do eat. But be careful how you use your rights. Be sure you don't cause someone weaker than you to fall into sin. Suppose you, with all your knowledge, are eating in a temple of one of those gods. And suppose someone has a weak sense of what is right and wrong sees you. Won't that person become bold and eat what is sacrificed to statues of gods? If so, then your knowledge destroys that weak brother or sister for whom Christ died. Suppose you sin against them in this way. Then you harm their weak sense of what is right and wrong. By doing this, you sin against Christ. So suppose what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin. Then what should I do? I will never eat meat again. In that way, I will not cause them to fall. Thanks, Petra. Okay, Marv, so food doesn't what? Oh, well, he said it doesn't bring us close to God. Yep, that's it. So Paul says two things here. Now, firstly, these statues of gods, well, they're not real. 
there is only one true God, the rest are all false. So he says eating food that has been sacrificed to an imaginary God, well it doesn't really matter. Eat it or don't eat it, you're no better off, you're not closer or farther from God one way or the other. Okay, so yeah, have at. Well, not quite, because Paul says that's not the most important thing. Oh, it's not? No. Paul says, okay, you can eat it, and you know that the gods aren't real, so that's all fine. But what should be most important is how your actions are going to affect others. Because let's say someone else in the church, maybe someone who used to worship those statues and they haven't quite figured it all out yet and they still maybe kind of believe a bit in those false gods. Well, let's say a person like that sees a Christian eating the food from one of these sacrifices. Well, then they might think to themselves, oh, oh, look what that Christian's doing. I guess I can put all this Christian stuff together with this statue worshipping stuff. And so they then might go off and eat a sacrificed animal, but in their mind they are being part of the worship of the false god. And you see, that would be sinful. And so if that happened, boys and girls, Paul says, well, the Christian has caused his brother or his sister to fall into sin. Okay, yeah, I see. So, you see, Paul says our job as Christians is not to be saying, hey, I'm allowed to do this, so don't tell me that I can't. Paul says, even if you're right and you are allowed to do it, a Christian should be thinking, well, okay, yes, I can do this, but is this what's best for the church and for the people around me? Okay, yeah. So let me ask you a question, boys and girls. Do you ever find yourself saying, hey, it's my turn, or hey, that's not fair? Oh, yeah, Dave, I say that a lot. Yeah, I think we probably all do, Marvin. Or if we don't say it, we think it. You know, even tiny little kids know when something isn't fair. In fact, they've even done experiments and monkeys get annoyed if they're not treated equally. Oh, yeah, Dave, why wouldn't they? Oh, well, no reason. But the thing is, we're just kind of programmed to want to protect our rights. If there's something we think we deserve, then we're going to get annoyed if someone else takes it away from us or tries to stop us getting it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you see, Paul says Christians need to be different. We need to be not looking out for ourselves first, we need to be ready to lay down our rights for the sake of others. And do you know why? Oh, why, Dave? Because, you see, Jesus laid down his rights for us. Jesus had the right to be praised and worshipped. That's what he deserved. He deserved to be king, to be ruler of the earth. But he laid down those rights. And instead, he let us beat him and spit on him and kill him. Oh, yeah. And so you see, if Jesus laid down his rights to save us, well, then we, his followers, should be ready to lay down our rights for the sake of the church. We should be ready to put other people's needs before what we think we deserve. And so, boys and girls today, well, let's thank Jesus that he laid down his rights for us. He put us first. And let's ask God, by the Holy Spirit, to help us not to be selfish. Not to be worried most about getting things our way, but instead to be worried for the needs of others. Let's ask God to help us to be more like Jesus that way, putting the people around us first. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that would be another pretty good way of being a Jesus signpost, huh? Yep, I think you're right, Marvin. That would do a great job of pointing people to Jesus. But that's all we have time for today, boys and girls. So have a great afternoon, and we'll be back tomorrow for some more interesting facts. Oh, yeah, great. Okay, well, bye, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. God's Big Story is a ministry of Eden Grove Presbyterian Church. Music and jingles by Dave, Josh, and Josh. 
For more information and further resources, visit woodendonkey.org.